Katie, you do better with that you going in and out than I do talking, so it's fine. <laughs> Thanks. What's up, everybody? It's the Fantasy Football Breakdown Podcast, episode 155. This is a very special one. I feel like Swags and myself have been trying to get this one going on for a while. Swags, you are here. What is going on, dude? How's it going? Yeah, I have been wanting to do this for a while, but we needed some help on this one. So we wanted to do a Debbie show, but we kind of wanted to dumb it down a little bit um, and kind of do a Debbie for newbies, maybe some people trying to get into a little bit. So thought who better than to bring on than a Debbie expert like Katie Flower. Hey, everybody. How's it going? How are you? What's up, Katie? I'm feeling terrific. Thanks for having me. Absolutely. Katie, um... Everybody probably knows they can find you over at Under the Helmet. Um, tell them anywhere else you want to plug really quick or anything like that. Just You can also find me on Twitter at FF underscore Skyler 399. And all over the United States. It's true. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, coming to a location near you soon. Yeah, you need to come to Michigan. Yeah, uh, possible. We'll make it seem cool. Seem. As long as it's not in the wintertime, you're... You're fine. I'm fine. You don't like winter? or I moved from Vermont 14 years ago to Texas because I hated <laughs> the winters. I had 41 and a half years of it, and I was fine with leaving and never to return. I do <laughs> I do like snow, but in very, very uh, minimal quantities anymore. Doses. It's pretty. Yeah. Like, oh, the it first sure snow is. is always nice in a weird way. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's pretty, pretty backbreaking when you get a shovel all the time. Yeah. I will visit snow by choice. That's about it. <laughs> exactly. It, it's now, it's as accessible to me as the sand is. Just an air, airplane flight away. So I lived as far north as Savannah. We had snow two years in a row around Christmas time. And I was like, all right, time to go south. So it's too far north for me. That's right. So we wanted to do this kind of from a beginner standpoint, from also, but also maybe if you're in a startup, which is where probably a beginner, I think, should be rather than necessarily take over an orphan team. So one thing, Katie, like, are you an ad? Like, how bad do you want your future Debbie picks? Or are you kind of a are you trying to go in all right now and rotate through some of the NFL stock first or are you trying to get future assets your first year in? Are you talking about in a startup draft where everything is on the board, everything's combined? Yep. And 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 we can start anywhere because you said, I mean, you mentioned you had eight points and I'm hoping we get to hear all of them. Sure. Well, so the first thing I would say if you're joining a Devi League for the very first time is to start off with a shallow league. And by shallow, I mean one to two rounds of Devi players, college players, uh, on an annual basis. That's what I would consider shallow. It helps with kind of assessing trade values for future picks. They're not as watered down as if you're doing six or eight rounds of Devi, which I'm in some leagues and we do. I just finished a draft where we had six full rounds of Devi. It's a triple flex where you can start three quarterbacks. You can start, <laughs> you have to start two tight ends. So it's wow. an insane it's an insane league, but it's also a best ball league during the season and then start your lineups in the playoffs, uh, which gives it an interesting twist. How many teams? So it's is a that? little bit 12. Okay. But Whoa. still, wow. So 
yeah, there's a lot of teams that don't have the three quarterbacks to start, but you can also start any position in the super flex or triple flex. You don't have to start a quarterback. And plus with it being best ball, that's yeah. Right. During the regular season, but then in the, in the playoffs, you have to be able to pick which guys to start. Oh, I like that twist. Yeah. And it, it gives you more of an ownership. You know, I think straight best ball is a little bit boring, but anyway, to get back to the Debbie from a standpoint of if you're new, I would go with a league that, caps it, you know, maximum of two players per person for a 12 person league. And yes, you can trade your Debbie rights. You don't have to necessarily draft them, but I would be wanting to draft, but I've always, I'm of the philosophy that you can hit on Debbie anywhere in the draft. It doesn't have to be necessarily first round. So I'm usually more willing to wait in a startup until around at least round eight. Maybe a little bit later, depending on the talent of this year's rookie class, whatever that may be. So when I'm in a normal rookie class, I want to wait until at least the normal 112 rookie, 108 to 112 rookie is off the board before I'll take my first Debbie player. Even if there's guys that I really love, there's always other guys that can hit just as easily, even if they're the fifth or sixth or seventh or whatever off the board. To drink, you got anything to add to that? No, it's uh this this show. I feel like is as much for for me as well. I'm only in one Debbie <laughs> league. And, uh, I just joined it this off season. I I didn't get to start in a startup. We did a dispersal draft. The uh, Swags is actually part of that one too. So I'm uh, I'm trying to take some notes here. I'm, you know, I, I follow the college game, but so that your league that sounds even crazier. Best ball and then switching down. So. Yeah, and I've got one league like that. Um, some of my other deeper leagues are, you know, you've got to start, you've got a 30-player taxi squad, which is 30 to 50. I think 50 is the maximum in my fantasy league. Um, and plus 200 names for custom players is the maximum. And we always run out. So we're constantly having to use kickers and then put in the name. Uh, you put it in like an auction so that you can still see the name next to the kicker. That's a little bit better than trying to sort it out on a spreadsheet. But the other thing, Swags, I was going to say, in a startup, if you're brand new to Debbie, you may even want to make sure to pick a startup where the rookie draft is separate and the Debbie draft is separate so that you can you can just focus on, let me build my team in the startup and then let me get best player available in the rookie draft and the Debbie draft. Otherwise, you're compromising on something. And in a startup uh you you don't want to necessarily compromise and go Debbie early, especially with the hit rate and the high risk. I like that. Another nice thing about that is it gives you different time frames to sort of study as a newbie. Exactly. You can yep. have, study your rookies throughout that draft and a little bit before. And then when that goes, maybe a little bit of a cool down period. And then you start diving into your Debbie picks and some guys coming in like that, which give, I don't know. I like that you can split it up a little bit like that. Hop onto the yeah, old Google a little bit more. Yeah. And, and also it makes for more interesting trading and just overall, just like I said, just the enjoyment of the bite-sized pieces and not having to take everything all in and, and make some real hard choices between, Oh, do I take a rookie here? Do I take a Debbie or should I go with, like an aging veteran that I really like, like a Larry Fitzgerald, like who has more value here. Right. And depending on where your team may be sitting at that point. Right. Exactly. If, if you were to separate them out, right. You said to, especially for a newbie, have two separate ones. 
you know, for for your rookie draft, everybody wants to do it right after the NFL draft. Some people even, you know, do a little bit before or and now you see a few trinkle in. When's the best time then you would say to do like the Debbie draft if you're going to separate it? Would you want to wait until even, you know, August, September of the following year? So, you know, all those guys are actually in camp and made that team and are transferring out. Or, you know, do you want to do it on early enrollee in December, you know, in a time frame there? Right. So if it's in a startup or startup season, then it's going to usually be after May. But once you get rolling and you're doing the two rounds of Debbie, what I've seen and what is more fun in February kind of split the difference. So the season gets over in December. You've had the early enrollees. You've had, you know, the senior bowl has already occurred. We haven't had the combine or the draft yet, but it's still you know, it kind of engages like right you in football season. National signing right after day. bowl season. Yeah, after national yeah. signing day and okay. after bowl season and everything is over. Um, and then it just gives you another something to do in the middle of winter when it's the longest stretch without any True. without any football. Do you ever have like that player that you because this is where I'm at with I mean, I don't know how long I want to sit on my Debbie players because I, do you ever have that player that you watch like out of high school, all through college, you fall in love with because you've just been crushing on everything good about them, and then you hate their landing spot? Well, yes, but to me in Dynasty, I'm I'm more of a – I want the talent over the landing spot. I know it does affect the early part of their uh, career arc, but I don't count on any rookie coming in to have immediate impact on my team. So regardless of landing spot – I don't hate the player just because of that, or I don't then give up on the player because of that. Like I love AJ Brown, for example. Sure. I was going to bring that up. Yeah. yeah. yeah I mean, he's, <laughs> he's, I've, I've been getting shares of him since, you know, the 2015 draft, the earliest that you could draft him and uh, picking up shares and worrying about, is he going to play baseball or is he going to play football? But loving him nonetheless, he had a very productive career in college as a two sport athlete and now to be able to focus just on football, that's going to, I think, elevate his game even more. But yes, he's tied to the anchor that is Marcus Mariota and the Tennessee Titans in general. Um, Let's hope that he stays healthy. Mariota stays healthy and, and can deliver the ball. But I think that between, so I don't know how much of that last part you missed, but he's tied to Mariota. Hopefully Mariota stays healthy, but no, I don't hate the guy. And I don't devalue him for it either. Yeah, maybe even try to buy now and just yeah wait. Buy more shares. The shares that I didn't get because I was worried he might play baseball, I can now pick up hopefully pretty cheap. I feel like it even A.J. Brown going there, it even opened up a buy low for Corey Davis, who looks like he's looking yeah. pretty nice in camp right now. So is Devontae Parker. Let's don't get our hopes up. <laughs> oh, come on now. Oh, my goodness. It's <laughs> Um, bring it back to kind of what Swags was saying there and jump into another player. Um, you said you're getting AJ Brown, like as soon as you were able to draft him, uh, I heard a lot about like, uh, Cam Akers, the Florida state, you know, running back coming in was number one. I don't want to say head and shoulders over the class, but I think he was definitely seen as that couple of bad years at Florida state. And now I've, I've seen him a lot lower on a lot of places. Where do you have Cam? And then how, how do you know to grab like the AJ Brown in 2015 when you see some of these guys maybe slide? You know, like like Akers may be doing in that offense. Right. Well, it it's the kind of thing where when I first started in a Debbie, there was a lot less information out on the internet. And 
now there's a lot more. There's a there's at least three places, four places where you can get Devi rankings and a lot more information about them. There's YouTube short videos on players. So taking the rankings, comparing them to each other, and then using your eyes. That's the biggest thing is don't just take anybody's blind word for it. Train yourself. If you love the sport of football, it takes you don't have to pour over uh, film scouting film like like others do, but just see if you see what they see. Is Lavishka Chenault really the number two or three overall wide receiver? Watch some film and decide for yourself. I personally don't think so. I wouldn't have mm-hmm. him that high. I would have Rondell Moore, Justin Ross, and uh, Jerry Judy, all three, easily above him. And I don't know what it is about him. I think he's more of a gimmicky. He's a physical athlete. I'm not so sure that he's a, a true wide receiver in the NFL, but I could be wrong. Wide receivers are tough to peg, but Mm -hmm. just, you know, as far as Cam Akers goes, there were a lot of good guys. If you look, if you watched any film at all, if you did any research at all, um, like I love SEC football. I watch Arkansas Razorbacks are my favorite. They're number one, but I watch a lot of Georgia Bulldogs. Mm -hmm. I knew of DeAndre Swift as a recruit. I watched some of his film. I liked him as much as Cam Akers, but his price tag in in year one wasn't anywhere near as high. I was getting him in round two and sometimes in round three of a lot of my Debbie drafts. And that's what I was just going to recommend is, you know, look at the rankings. It's wild west when it comes to Debbie. But if you've got a pick and you can't trade back, number one, I would never trade up for a Debbie player because there's so many guys and who knows if you're really right, the difference between those two players. Um, So I would never trade up in a Debbie draft, but if you can trade back and still get your guy, but if you don't want to risk it, you've got to get your guy and, and just hang on to him. whether the news goes up or down. It's kind of like you're building a 401k portfolio. You want to set it and forget it and leave it alone. And you've already bought the stock. Uh, unless it's somebody that you just didn't have faith in to begin with, and now he's getting some positive buzz and you want to offload him, that's fine. But like I had somebody asking me about Justin Ross earlier, like, should I trade him for, you know, a future first and a future fourth round Debbie pick? And I'm like, heck no, you shouldn't. He's already a first round Debbie pick and you're only going to profit a fourth. And this guy potentially is going to be a wide receiver one. I would trade him for, like if somebody wanted to trade Amari Cooper, which with the <laughs> hype, you Ooh. might be able to get something like that. You may have to throw something else mm-hmm. in, but I would trade up to get a guy that's already in the NFL that was already a first round yeah. NFL wow. pick. But I'm not going to trade him for just a couple of future picks and be a farm team for somebody that happens right. to now notice Justin Ross is kicking butt. Yeah. If that makes any sense. Yeah. Nope, so sure. I covered a lot right there, but hopefully that answered your question. I know. I'm, I'm, I'm worried like we're going through I don't points. Remember what I, asked, I don't get to write perfect. all the points down. <laughs> well, you you you're gonna have a recording of the show, right? Yep. Yeah, so you can ding, go ding, back ding. and listen. <laughs> <laughs> he doesn't he doesn't listen to it again. I pre-edited it. That's enough. <laughs> so we mentioned AJ Brown. So I wanna compare I wanna ask you today, and two drink, you can answer this as well. AJ Brown or Debo Samuel? AJ Brown. To drink. Yeah. Back. So I mean, what the hell are the 49ers thinking? Is the next question taking Debo what 36th overall, and then the Titans get AJ Brown at 51? You've seen it time and time again with the NFL. There are people that 
have a certain type of what they're looking yeah, for. Debo right. fits what San Francisco wanted. He's a he's a good player. There's no doubt about it. He's a little bit on the older side, but from a fantasy perspective, give me AJ Brown all day. Yep, I'm with you. Two drink, you seem like you hesitated. No, I uh, talent wise, I think it's AJ Brown. Uh, it's it's hard to say like what happens with Mariota stays healthy. Is he still a Titan next year? Or is A.J. Brown growing with a different quarterback? Uh, Fantasy-wise, I think Debo you know, has as good a shot to score as much as he does this year. I think Debo has a lot more competition than we're giving the 49ers credit for. That's fair. And we haven't seen it from this quarterback with hardly any of those pieces either in Jimmy G. So, it's yeah, it's, it's a lot of speculation. And, and I think Debo probably comes along slow like Pettis did last year because – Again, they're teaching Debo kind of, you know, all the different spots on the field, too. So both those guys can do everything. You know, Pettis was nowhere to be seen the first couple of weeks last year. Yeah. So point number one was one to two rounds of Debbie players. What was point number two? Um, if <laughs> that it would be better if you could, if you had the choice, get in a startup that doesn't have the Debbie and the rookie in there and have separate drafts. Oh, yeah. So that you can, you can, uh, kind of digest them separately taking divi out of it do you do you prefer that in your regular startups too for those two to be separate or do you like rookies to go ahead and be mixed in oh i i like anything i like rookies mixed in i like drafting before the nfl draft i like drafting after the nfl draft i like waiting till august to draft i i like getting uh you know data points from all the different time frames and then it also keeps me entertained all year long all right, I'm changing a two-minute breakdown question right now. I'm just going to ask it now to you then. All right, okay. you, your next your next league you would start up with all your preferences would look like blank. In my next startup, I would like to have deep Devi, deep taxi squads, super flex, start two tight end uh, with tight end premium so that everything gets balanced and Devi's rookies and everything in the startup. So Devi's okay. rookies, everything together. Um, how how deep is this roster? You said deep Debbie, deep startup. Like we're talking 45, 45, 45 roster spots and uh, 30 to 50 uh, taxi squad spots. So you want like 70 people on your team. Mm-hmm. Wow. Holy shit. And I want to have my taxi squad filled every year possible. That was going to be another one of my points. If you Once you get in and start playing Debbie, you get hooked. And then even, even by year two, you could go ahead and, and – bite off a six round deeper Debbie league and Debbie's very risky to begin with. So if I'm in a one or two player per year, that's it. That's all I get. I'm going to take the player of least risk. Risk is assessed by the closer they are to being in the NFL is less risky than if you draft a freshman and have to wait for three or four years. Um, If they've already got some kind of charges for marijuana or they've beat somebody up or they've stolen chicken wings or crab legs or whatever, uh, that adds to the risk factor. Position-wise, running back is the easiest position to hit on. So if I were going to just draft one player, I would take my best running back available unless there was a clear standout heads and shoulders above them, wide receiver. Um, So once you get to the deeper leagues, then you want to keep that taxi squad as, as full as you can. And once you get a pipeline, 
then in subsequent Debbie drafts, you can get a little riskier and a little riskier. Mm-hmm. You're not going to hit on them all anyway, but if, if you assess your team and it looks like your taxi squad has at least two or three running backs and two or three wide receivers that you feel you're going to hit on, then you can start maybe going for the riskier position because even if it's super flex or tight end premium, tight ends and quarterbacks are the two hardest positions to hit on in Debbie. So let's, let's stay there then. So you have, I'm going to give you 300 people or not 330 people in your, uh, in your Debbie draft or for your, for your roster. How is that broken down for you then? Is it, you know, are you, are you looking to load up on, on running backs because they hit earlier coming into NFL or it's super flex and tight end premium. Are you going to just take every quarterback you can because you need two to hit and that's huge for your team? How does that breakdown look for you? No, in my startup, I'm going to load up with my my quarterbacks and my tight ends so I don't have to worry about taking them in Debbie. And then I'm going to do the opposite in Debbie and rookie of what I did in the startup. So if I need running backs to add to my team, I'm either going to trade for them or I'm going to cultivate them by having a deep pool in my in my Debbie. I'm not going to I always play it by ear. So if I'm at the 104, for example, I'm not going to just pre-conclude that I'm going to take a running back. I'm going to take the best player available. And if Tua Tungavailoa is still there in a super flex at number four in a, in a Debbie, I have enough faith in him and he's less risky because he's only a year away. I would take him at 104 hands down, even if I've got good solid quarterbacks from my startup draft, if that makes sense. Nope. Yep. I like that a lot. And I'm going to stick right there with Tua. And and maybe it's not as risky because it's only probably one year, and and, and honestly, it could be no no year's difference. But if I gave you Tua right now, or you're going to wait on Trevor Lawrence, let's say Tua comes out, you know, after this year, so you know you're getting at least one year of Tua on your team. Are you doing that, or are you waiting on Trevor Lawrence? If both of them were available at 104, which I doubt it would be in a super flex, I would take Trevor Lawrence over Tua. Okay. I just think he's the I again for me it's even though it's a slightly more risk from what I've seen my eyes tell me he's the real deal. And and it doesn't matter if not that any of us think that but if Tua comes out after this year and Trevor doesn't come out until 2022 cuz he could theoretically stay for us for that year too, is right? Right. Yeah. I mean, and you're at still that okay point doing it. I mean, right. you don't know it doing it now, but You don't know it. You don't know anything for a fact. Um so, but I looked into the crystal ball and I, I saw that Trevor Lawrence stayed. So you can have Tua <laughs> in two years of production or Trevor Lawrence. Well, it's still it, worth it. Yes, it's still worth it. And okay. that's what I thought. I, I wasn't. <laughs> yeah, no, I wasn't trying to get you to pick that side. I was just just again. I yeah. I look at Debbie as a four hundred one k plan as kind of like a a futures, um, and when they come out is slightly less important as talent. If, if there's somebody yeah. that I really believe in that's one or two years behind somebody and I've got them ranked a lot higher, unless they're ranked by the consensus to be a lot lower, in which case then I might wait. You know, I'm not I'm mm-hmm. not going to take a player at 104 that I could get at 310. Sure. You know what I mean? Uh, even if I believe in them, I'm going to wait at least a little while longer. You know, I might take them, split yeah. the difference somewhere in round two. But again, if... If it's just a one or two round Debbie, even if it's super flex or tight end premium, at that point, I will either trade the pick and move back and get a couple of extra picks rather than t- 
take the quarterback um, in, in most cases, unless it's the very first year and you've got a clean pick of that litter of Tua or Trevor type thing. Mm-hmm. Gotcha. I like that. I want to stop right there, though, for a second and kind of take it a different direction because sure. you mentioned your 401k plan. And I want to talk to you a little bit about that. <laughs> so I, I feel like, I mean, th- for that with that 401k plan, I mean, it's important that you're quote unquote with a good company, a good group that you enjoy, like for somebody just jumping into Debbie, like how can they be assured that they want to be in that league for a while? Cause I mean, you're talking about some longevity here for that 401k to really pay out. So how, I mean, cause I've heard you talk before too. Uh, I mean, you want to make sure you like that league and if you don't like it, just get out because it's no fun, but I want to enjoy this retirement plan you're talking about. Well, everybody does. I mean, you don't get into a dynasty league thinking I'm going to hate these guys and I want to get out. Dynasty is forever, supposedly. But and I've been very disappointed. I've gotten into some really great Debbie leagues that started off great. And then in two or three years, when my assets are starting to pay off uh, and come out of my 401k into my real bank account, uh, either the commissioner ends up giving it over to somebody else and then it's not quite as tight and it starts to slip. And then the next year you're wondering, should I quit? But I've got such a great team and yeah, it stinks. It really does. You but never want to stay at a job for the wrong reasons. Right. Exactly. And um, <laughs> I've left, I've left some teams that I've loved. I've even actually cried over a team one time. I loved them that much, but it's kind of silly to, to, fall in love with your fantasy football team, but it was a great team. And I, I, I was like very sad that I had to leave, but I couldn't stand it anymore either because of the changes and things, but you don't know that. Um, that doesn't mean you change your strategy though. You want to build your team your way. And even with one or two, uh, Debbie players per year, I want to get my best player available. And even if I've got to wait an extra year for them, like Nick Chubb, when he was a freshman, I saw him better than, you know, a lot of the other options. And I was willing to take him in round two uh, before he made it a real strong name for himself and hang on to him. Yeah. But even if you jump into a league, you're going to learn something from it. And even if you jump into it, you love your team, but you end up the commissioner or the league itself isn't quite what you thought it was going to be and you end up having to leave it's it's been a learning experience for your debbie and and what to look for in the future but i'm not going to trade all my debbie picks thinking well i'm just going to hate this league i'll find out in three or four years and then i'll start building i don't know i just don't think i could do that either right oh yeah i never plan with the intention of getting out or giving your future away for those reasons yeah right it's almost like getting married and then giving everything to your spouse or giving them everything right now instead of waiting. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> well, been there too. <laughs> Sorry if that touches too close to home. No, no. <laughs> no. I'm going to steal it for a second. Um, I put up a shout and I did get one and it happens to be from Texas chief. So figured I need to read this since you're on here too. Um, and we were talking about a little bit, but let's say an ongoing dynasty is going on. He wants to know how the hell do you choose the every draft order? Do you keep it same as the rookie draft? Uh, Is it too much of an advantage for that bottom tier team to get both the first pick and the rookie and the first Debbie? It's actually, if, if they're 
that bad that they came in at 101, uh, then they probably aren't all that good at choosing Devi. Just a guess from what I've seen in my leagues. And it's it's not it, again. You can hit from anywhere. And one of my main points is don't ever undervalue a pick. Um, I had a guy that wanted to trade for one of my six round Devi picks, and it was in a triple flex. So you need three quarterbacks. You can start three quarterbacks. And I had my eye on a Devi quarterback in round six that I thought may climb up the ladder and be worth a lot more than a six round pick in in a year or two. And the guy wanted to trade me like a third or a fourth round future Debbie pick. And I said, nope. I said, that's not enough. I said, here's what my price is. I want a, I want at least a first. And they're like, you're crazy. And I said, this six round pick is really going to be next year's first. I'm either going to leave him on the board so that he can then show what he's got and everybody will know. And then he'll go in the first round next year. So you're telling me it's, I'm crazy, but you cannot undervalue anybody anywhere because you can hit from everywhere. My final pick last year in a draft at 4.11 was Jerry Judy. And now wow. everybody's clamoring for him as one of the first, you know, top three picks. Mm-hmm. So, so to say, well, you know, it's a second round pick. It's not worth much or it's depleted by a round of players or two rounds of players. If you pick all guys like the run Wilson and uh, Duke, uh, Williams and uh, Malachi Dupree. What have you got? Three piles of crap. Right. <laughs> so, so, uh, or if you get the right Saquon Barkley and Darius Geis and Nick Chubb, uh, then good on you. And you can get guys like that in the third and fourth and fifth round if you're looking for the right profile. Yeah. Do the research. Yeah. Listen to Under the Helmet. Well, that's that'll help too. That's got to be another <laughs> one of your points. <laughs> no, it wasn't, but uh, thanks for the plug. Yeah, on our premium side, we discussed Debbie. Chad and I discussed Debbie quite a lot. We just finished a mock draft, a rookie mock draft for 2020. It was kind of interesting. We went two rounds without even hardly a pause. It was that deep, that easy. Nice. That sounds fun. Yeah. So hit me with another point. Uh. So I'm going to have to listen to this show a couple of times. I feel like <laughs> make sure I write it all down. <laughs> well, one of the things that's really hard is trade values. And what you need to do is find an owner that treats them like their throwaway value. Because whether it's a third round pick or a six round pick, to me, I grant them equal value pretty much if I'm selling. If I'm buying them, I want them thrown in on a deal. And most times you can find at least half the owner's really just want to get whatever veterans that they can get. And so if you're trading a veteran on your team, it's a good way to get another player that you like. But oh, by the way, throw in your fourth and fifth round Debbie picks. And they're like, yeah, no problem. But collect a bunch of them. That way you keep your taxi squad full to the brim. Um, Don't trade Debbie players for either future or other Debbie picks, because then you end up as a farm team for somebody else. You want to trade a Debbie player for an undervalued NFL asset at the peak of the Devi hype, preferably at that Devi player's hype, but you get undervalued NFL assets all the time. I remember when everybody was down on Devontae Adams and I was getting him still in round 13 of startup drafts. You can't do that anymore. But at the time, I probably could have bought Devontae Adams for a Malachi Dupree plus an Auden Tate. Yeah. 
I mean, mm. just think how silly that sounds right now. No, there was a whole like Jeff Janis or Devontae Adams like off season. Right, right. And he's just one example. Uh Amari Cooper, there were a lot of people down on him before the trade to Dallas, and now he's finally bounced back and he's getting close to the same value. He's not a first round startup pick anymore, but by the end of the second round, he's usually gone. He's he's getting much closer to that uh his bounce back value. But there's guys that will start off slow in the NFL. And if you believe in them, that's what you trade the Debbie players for. If you need to, if you need to call your herd a little bit and you cannot wait until they get to the NFL, or you don't necessarily believe in them as much now as you did when you first drafted them, maybe they're not as productive as you thought they were going to be. Um, don't sell them when there's bad news. It's just like any other NFL asset. Wait until there's at least some buzz about them. They just had a hundred yard game with, you know, six catches and a touchdown or something like that. And then buy an undervalued asset with it or um, trade two or three hype Debbie players for an NFL stud, which depending on the owner, depending on the timing, you might be able to pull that off too. Yeah. Um, I do have I do have another one from our boy Third Mike wants to know uh, you know going maybe to that that 2021 that that Trevor Lawrence class sure is there something in that that or or where do you expect that class to be in comparison with how deep 2020 is and what we just got out of the 2019 class is that too far out for you to you know outside of uh, the one or two guys to really get no I mean there's there's at least a half dozen really good prospects from the 2021 class, including uh, Rondell Moore, Justin Ross, the uh, Trevor Lawrence. There's some good, decent running backs. And then if, if there's two or three holdouts from the 2020 class that stay back in school, uh, that could be a decent class. It's going to be much better than 2019. 2019 hasn't been looking good for quite a while. Um, 2020 is going to be a nice, a nice peak, but 2021 and 2022 have some decent players. I'd say at least half a dozen right now with with some other guys that can climb up uh, pretty easily as well and any holdouts. So would right, you well, rather have like go ahead. a first, like a 2020 first in a rookie draft or a first round Debbie pick in like a, a deep Debbie league where it's kind of saturated a little bit? Would you rather have that? rookie pick coming into 2020 next year and not really know what's going to be there or a future Debbie. How, how many rounds have been depleted from the rookie pick? Um, let's say how many, I don't know, five. So the, the past Debbie picks have been five rounds deep. Yeah. So then I would rather, if it's going to be an early first, I'd rather have the first, the rookie first if it's not an early, if it's anywhere from 105 on, I'd rather have the Debbie pick. Yeah, that's kind of what I was thinking you would say just from some of the stuff you were saying earlier. Because, I mean, in a, Deb, a rookie draft like that, I mean, you wouldn't have had, you may have had somebody like Josh Jacobs, but you probably wouldn't have had the David Montgomery's or a lot of those guys. But you would have had to have them hit this college season and somebody not really see it coming, right? And then... Declare into I the draft. Question. Sorry, I'm probably not that well spoken on this either. So, just saying, like, if it was a depleted Debbie draft, that at that point you would have had to have almost have to for that rookie pick to matter. You almost had to have 
it be somebody that would have hit in that college season like Josh Jacobs that you really didn't necessarily see coming and then he was forgotten about because he wasn't picked in previous Debbie drafts? Yeah, uh, there's usually one or two and sometimes four that fall through the crack, but usually one or two that would have been first round rookies that that slide through. For example, in a six round triple flex two tight end premium, the 101 in rookie was worth a lot because it was TJ Hawkinson, but then it immediately fell back to Daryl Henderson who was still going towards the end of rookie round one. But then after that, you know, you've got a whole bunch of big question marks. Michael Hardman was there, but I consider him a huge question mark. Terry McLaurin is usually a third or fourth round rookie pick, but he's starting to gain some buzz. But still, he was the 103 or like in that range um, after six rounds of being depleted and multiple years in a row. Because once the league has been two or three years old and that deep, then it really starts. The rookies really start to get depleted. Yeah. You got to start taking those freshmen and sophomores. If you feel like uh, any confidence, like you were saying before. Yeah. You, you could be thinking about taking justice Hill one Oh five at that point. Right. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> All right. Can we get like, obviously we want people to go over to UTH and check that out, but can you give me like maybe your top couple of guys at each spot for, for this year, I know we've probably already mentioned a bunch of them, but maybe in how you kind of see them, okay. uh, especially if there's any differences with maybe what you have compared to uh, some of the, the other consensus out there, if you got any big differences. Yeah, I don't know. I, I don't have the other, I don't, I don't keep rankings per se, but of the guys that I like, my top three running backs, DeAndre Swift, Travis Etienne, and Jonathan Taylor. Um, Cam Akers is not far behind that. I still think he's a great athlete. He had a horrible, horrible offensive line last year, but he had a great uh, freshman season. We'll see how Florida State will bounce back for him. But I look for running backs, you know, when they're freshmen or at any at any time. But the closer that they are to being seniors or juniors, I want them to be in the 200 plus range. And when you got a guy that's 210. 215 as a freshman, that's almost optimal size. I am not going to start at a guy that's 165 pounds and then hope that in three or four years he gains 40 or 50 or 60 pounds and becomes an NFL weight and then doesn't lose his speed. So yeah. I'm, I'm not all about drafting guys and, and projecting that they're going to gain 30 or 40 pounds, whether they're running backs or wide receivers. But those are my favorite running backs, wide receiver, uh, Jerry Judy is among the top, Rondale Moore, Justin Ross. Uh, Jerry Judy can come out next year. I, I do like C.D. Lamb also from Oklahoma. Um, I like all of those guys better than LaVishka. <laughs> that's a cuts out. That's perfect. LaVishka. <laughs> okay. That's my favorite name. Sorry. <laughs> no, it's all right. Yeah, so uh, I like all of them better than Lavishka Chenault, who is also eligible for next year. Um, Jalen Rieger is another, uh, just to throw a fifth one out there, uh, eligible in 2020. And then uh, tight ends, Albert Aquabunum, I believe. Uh, he's probably going to be the 101 tight end next year. Tua Tungavailoa will be probably the 101 quarterback next year. So I would like to give a shout out. I think that. I heard this also on uh, 
the NFL network today. I'm not the only one that thinks this, but Jalen Hurts could very well win the Heisman Trophy this year under Lincoln Riley as a transfer to Oklahoma. He's got a heck of a lot of weapons around him. He's a mature young guy. Uh, He has overcome a lot to get to where he is now. He stuck through being benched in a national championship game to to a tongue of Iowa. I think it would be just poetic justice if he can come back and uh, end up beating Tonga Vailoa for the uh, Heisman Trophy. But if he does that, he's going to be a top NFL prospect next year. Um, I personally am not taking him in Superflex, but I just have a gut feeling that his game could elevate quite a bit in his final year. And he already had the running game, the athleticism down. He's just not the most prolific passer out there. Yeah, is it a... Does he, does he have a little Josh Allen in there? Like, he, he doesn't have the same kind of arm. He so. doesn't have the same kind of arm. He's he's more of a very athletic. He's thick. He can run. Uh, he's – I don't even know what his – I didn't look up his stats before I came on, but he was he was all right. He's not as bad as whoever that LSU quarterback was a couple of years ago that was just missing everywhere. Danny White or – no, I don't know. But uh, – now we'll see what he does with the QB whisperer this year, but I like Justin Herbert also, uh, who is coming off an injury. Uh, Oregon. Do you like him over from or yes. like Easton, I like from, Justin Fields? Where you at on those guys? I like Jake Fromm as a leader, as a college quarterback, as an athlete, but as a pure passer, he's not a he's not a pure passer. He's he's gonna win in the NFL like. But he's not going to be be one of those fantasy football light you up type. He's just going to be a silent. He's going to be a name and a body. And I like the guy, but I don't think he's going to have it more much product sizzle. of the system than yeah. Than he'll his be a talent. system quarterback exactly. He's got talent for sure, but he's just uh, he's not a huge deep ball thrower. Um, he's fairly accurate, but he can have the yips from time to time. I like him as a leader, like I said, but. And and Justin Fields, I don't know that he comes out. I think he's going to wait at least until 2021, um, but we'll see. Yeah, it's interesting he's got- to see uh, just the next couple, like which which of these guys actually come out um, compared to who's who's going to stay and how that kind of affects maybe other guys' decisions. Or do you think those guys at this point don't don't look at it as much that way at that level, like the ones we're talking about? I think what they look at is – where they're going in the draft, they will get a draft grade from a couple of scouts and they'll have a combined grade. They can look at it. They can choose to ignore it. I know that Alex Collins, when he came out of Arkansas, he ignored his grade. His coach wanted him to stay. He said, Nope, I want to go. He struggled a lot and then he had a good season and then he did some stupid things off the field. And now he's recovering from an injury and probably will never get a shot again. Um, so some guys listen, some guys don't. Man. Is there uh is there another point on there you want to make sure we get to the ones you wrote down? I reviewed them all and I think that we've hit on them all in between everything you asked and everything I talked about. Awesome. Nailed them. That was just to get you stretched out for the two minute breakdown. What's that? I said that was just to get you stretched out for the two minute breakdown. Ah. All right. So Swags is gonna hit us with a sexy voice and then uh me and Swags came up with twelve random questions. Um, some fantasy, some out there, (laughs) um, do your best to answer as fast as you can. I'm looking for first initial gut reaction. So we won't hold you to it unless it's really dumb. (laughs) Didn't I do this last time? 
It was only three, though, I think. Um, yeah, I think you might have had something like similar to Rookie this time. Fever, fever but oh, okay. two-minute okay. breakdowns, 12 questions in two minutes, so it gets okay. pretty intense. All right. Is, yeah, we'll go. I'm going to go as fast as I can. Okay. Hit me, Swags. And now, your two-minute breakdown. Where was the first frozen margarita machine invented? Mexico. Dallas. Tony uh, Pollard or Mike Weber? Pollard. Uh, when you were a child, what was your go-to morning cartoon and preference of cereal? Bugs oh. Bunny, Captain Crunch. Nice. AJ Brown and Corey Davis or Tyreek Hill and Michael Hardman, Dynasty? Tyreek Hill and Michael Hardman. Where do bees, bees go to the bathroom? <laughs> in the in the b- 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 bushes. <laughs> at, at the at the BP station. Oh God. Travis Travis Entian and CD Lamb or DeAndre Swift and Justin Ross. Pick a duo. Oh, easily Swift and Ross. Redraft this year. George Kittle finishes tight end blank. Three. What's wrong with Antonio Brown's feet? Did you see that picture? I saw that picture. Uh, he got a little too much sun. Disgusting. Uh, yes. Is it catch and release or is it catch to eat? Catch to eat. That's right. Tony Gonzalez played in 17 seasons. Out of the 272 games, how many did he miss? 14. Two games. Okay. Another tight end question. Redraft this year, Jason Witten finishes as tight end blank. Uh-uh. 20. 20. <laughs> Why is the amusement park called Six Flags? Because it doesn't have seven flags. <laughs> Man, that was weak. It's uh, <laughs> Named for the six countries that have ruled over the land of Texas. Okay. Spain, France, Mexico, Republic of Texas, Confederate States, and United States. That's all of them. That was super fast. Did Swags even hit the button? Yeah. He did. 15 seconds and counting now. I mean, we're doing good. Wow. We're going to let it go. I didn't answer them all correctly. (laughs) Who knows what's correct? (laughs) You only had to answer them. We don't judge yeah. the answers. Oh, okay. All right. If you would have got yeah. where do bees go to the bathroom, I'd have had more questions for that anyways. Uh, I think that <laughs> was probably a record, actually. That's what I'm saying. Like, she crushed you, it, and I thought those you, were kind of hard. What do you have if you have a zoo that doesn't have any animals? An empty a zoo. zoo. A shit zoo. A shit zoo. <laughs> <laughs> it would be any fun to go, walk, go look. I love it. I was like, is that called a park? I don't know. <laughs> it's the shit zoo. <laughs> it's the shit zoo, yeah. <laughs> I'm not going to the park anymore, just the questions. shit zoo. Right? <laughs> What's that again? I said, I'm not going to the park anymore, just the shit zoo. <laughs> no, but what did two drinks say? Oh. I have no idea. I okay. I thought you were asking something. There's no telling with me. I was asking where all of the people listening could find uh, you if they want to follow along and where they can continue to learn more about Debbie. Okay. On iTunes and Stitcher Radio, listen to Under the Helmet Podcast. And on Twitter, you can find me at FF underscore Skyler 399. I got to ask, what's, what's Skyler 399? The Skyler is my nickname that I've had since college. And uh, the 399 is my code for 69 because 9 minus 3 is 6 and then plus 9 is 69. Dirty. I like it. Yep. Follow Swags at DFF underscore Swags. I'm at FF2Drink Minimum. This is at FF underscore Breakdown. 155 in the books. Yeah. It's, it's like funny because my volume, 
my volume when I first heard you say fuck was 69. <laughs> <laughs> this is what you said it to. Perfect. <laughs> yeah, because I was close to it and I was like, what do I want the volume at? Well, I'm talking to two cool dudes, so. <laughs> 69 gotta make it is 69. That's right. And then you come in with the fuck drop. <laughs> yep, exactly. Hell yeah. You might as well go fuck yourself. Okay. <laughs> that thought that shit was going to end right there. <laughs> oh, that's the worst. That's perfect ending. There's a new drop. Maybe we'll hear that later. It oh, wasn't awesome. for Katie's ears. We're not swearing <laughs> like sailors. You're not cussing I, like sailors. I did a better fucking job than I. <laughs> <laughs> I'm ready Good for shit. football, boy. I'll tell you. Right. I just got a trade offer for David Johnson. Oh, what's the what offer? <laughs> a 2020 first, a 2021 second, and a 2022 first. There's no but effing way that I'll 